Yo, 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 this is Yule and welcome back to Don't Take Wooden Nickels. You hears me and I'm back like I never left, you know what I'm talking about. Listen, um, in all seriousness, because this is going to be a serious topic. Again, I never try to approach any of these conversations from a place of venting because one, that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. I wouldn't record anything without first consulting with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and then addressing what I need to address from the position in which God wants me to say it. That's just how I live my life. Um, that's not a knock on anyone else. I live by kingdom principles, uh, the teachings of Jesus Christ, Yahshua, and I allow those teachings, that kingdom mindset to navigate, conduct my speech and the position in which I talk. That's me. I'm not asking you to do that. That's just what I simply go by. Um, I'm going to be very mindful of what I say here because I know how people take sound bites and they try to make narratives based on it in a very malicious, ignorant aspect and way. And so I'm going to be mindful of what I say because I don't want what I say to be misconstrued as... This brother claims this brother is a pastor, yet he's claiming X, Y, and Z, and that's not biblical, and that's not X, Y, and Z. I'm 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 filling the blanks with X, Y, Z because I don't want to release what I'm going to say just yet. I am in a podcast, but not just yet because I want to frame it first so you can understand the position. And this is something that I've been wrestling, wrestling with before the situation. And the more that I get deeper into my walk with Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and researching also history um, based on Christianity in America, I've realized that it has always been at conflict and dysfunction and not just Christianity in America. If you read the text, if you read the Bible, you realize that division has always been at the forefront when it comes to the kingdom of God and also religious Christianity. And so I find myself asking some questions to myself and, and, and coming to a position in which I tell myself, yo, I want no parts of this. I want no parts of this. And so let me again, I want to frame it correctly before I go into this. So about a week ago, I, I want to make sure about a week ago in June, June the 26th, per se, is the exact date. Pastor 
Creflo Dollar had a sermon. Pastor Creflo Dollar has pastored for years. Um, he has helped me build in my faith as a believer with his preaching, with his teaching, dealing with grace and understanding my identity in Jesus. He has helped me with my belief tremendously. Um, he recently came out with a message basically denouncing his previous teaching on tithing and basically saying his teaching on tithing was inaccurate because it didn't confront and it didn't apply the grace of God with it. Um, it's a really good message. I'm not finished with the message in its entirety. Um, and he just released another one yesterday, which is part two. I'm going to probably dig into both of those, honestly, because it's really good. Um, just the message itself. However, what I find myself doing with listening to that message is looking at comments and we all do it subconsciously. I try my hardest not to, but the comments and the feedback, because you realize how people truly feel. And listen, I and whenever it comes to situations with the church, I never go to society or people who are not believers for feedback for the church. Why would I do that? Like, if you don't have a found firm foundation on believing in Jesus, if you if you speak from a position of offense, it doesn't matter what your your position that you're offended by, I'm not going to listen to you because your perspective, though truth may be in it, the motives and the heart in which you provide that information will always be from a dysfunctional position. I'm going to say that again. If you speak to something from a position of offense, though what you say may be true, I have to disregard it because it's always going to come from a position of dysfunction. Now, I eat meat and throw away bone. So if there's things that need to be applied, absolutely apply and use. But overall, how can I support a voice that's offended? And the perspective in which they address is from a place of dysfunction. Do you get what I'm saying? Seeds of dysfunction. Let me go here. Seeds of dysfunction will always produce a harvest of dysfunction. Even if it's with good motives. Even if, if you're, let me say it this way. Even if your motives you think are good. If you come from a place of bitterness, bitter, being bitter and resent. Even though you may speak truth, the harvest will still produce bitterness and resentment. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's real talk. That's a gem to give you. That's something that I realize. You got to do it from a pure place. You got to do it from a position of love in order to reap a harvest of love, of knowledge, of caring. 
All right. Let me go back into the point I was making now. I had to stop. Let me go back into the point I'm making. So the message, the message from Creflo Dollar, it is called the great misunderstanding. And he's talking about tithing and how he was wrong for so many years. He encourages everybody to get rid of his information, his books about tithing because it's incorrect. He said the last 10 years, though, he's been more accurate with his teaching. So you can keep those if you choose, but you have the freedom to remove it. And so I'm not paying attention to what society thinks of Creflo Dollar because they have told me for years what they think of Creflo Dollar. They've told me for years that he's been a thief. He's been a liar. He's been a robber. He's taking people money. He's he, he had this jet and he just want people money for the jet. They, they've told society has told me from years how they feel about Creflo Dollar. What rings my ears, though, uh, is when Christians, right, people who profess to be lovers of Jesus Christ, who make him Lord and Savior of their lives, when they begin to give feedback on situations. And so when it's dealing with this situation, I got some of the, I looked at some of the comments concerning Creflo Dollar, y'all. And when I say it's been the Christians doing the most, yo, it's been the Christians doing the most. It's been the Christians with the backlash. You would think the Christians who claim that Pastor Creflo Dollar is a brother in faith with them would be the one encouraging him. You would think that. You will think that those brothers would be the ones that's saluting him and even honoring him for saying, hey, my brother. It was brave of you to do this. It's also a moment of teaching that you did this. So I'm a, I'm a go. I'm gonna talk about this topic. I'm gonna talk about what it led me to, and then I'm gonna provide some scripture too. Okay, because I need that to be framed completely. What's heartbreaking to me about this whole situation is how Christianity has attacked a brother. That says, hey, this was wrong teaching. I did it wrong. But here's the right teaching. This is some comments. I'm, I'm going to read you some comments that I have read concerning this. This is believers. A full repent will be given that money back. They never do that. That's not even Bible. That was so egregious and heresy to me. I had to address it. I had to literally say, brother, that's not even Bible. 
Where are you getting that from? That's not even scripture. That's your emotion and your judgmental heart. I had to literally say this to a believer. What you're saying isn't even Bible. Full repentance will be given their money back. First and foremost, let me say something here, and I'm going to go scripture with it. You repent one time, believers. I know y'all not going to like that, but show me in scriptures where they kept repenting. Repentance means this, a change of mind. Once you repent once, you should mean it and you don't have to repent over and over again. If I change my mind one time and I begin to follow God, I don't have to keep repenting. The words you want to use is ask for forgiveness. I've repented to come to Jesus. Once I've repented, to come to Jesus, I now ask for forgiveness when I miss the mark, when I make mistakes, when I sin. I've repented already. Now I'm asking for forgiveness once I've already repented. So that's just correction there. You don't keep repenting. So he doesn't have to do a full repentance. He don't have to keep changing his mind. Father, forgive me. I've missed this mark on teaching. But thank you, Holy Spirit. For revealing to me the truth, for consistently working and speaking through me. And now, Father, I'm going to teach it the way you have now showed me. That's all he has to do, my man, my woman of God. He don't have to keep going over repenting for what? What did we repent? What did he keep repenting for? He's asking for forgiveness. He got the forgiveness from God, even if he doesn't get it for you. But what Christians love is they feel that these leaders should not only, when they make mistakes scripturally, not only ask for forgiveness from God, but also people. And listen, I'm not against that per se. I'm not against that per se, but it's not a requirement. And that's what we find ourselves in. I'm not against it, but it's not a requirement. So we have to distinguish what is and what is not. Understand? It may be great to do it in wisdom, but it's not biblical. Understand me. And so that was one, one statement that just was so ludicrous. That was so ludicrous. I just had to address it. Like I didn't understand why someone who is a believer would say that? I didn't understand it. So, and there have been plenty more. There have been plenty more. Hateful messages from believers. Hateful messages from believers. I have... And, and the people who have said positive, it's been backhanded comments. It's been backhanded comments, too. Like, you can tell the people who had a disagreement with his teaching, but they can't because of a divisional separation scripturally on how he taught. They can't even acknowledge when a brother has said, hey, I change. That's what's crazy to me. One of the comments under his Post on the his video he made of the sermon, 
is this is surprisingly a very refreshing message. I appreciate the willingness to grow. I hope the growth continues across all areas of Creflo view. That's a backhanded comment. Surprisingly refreshing. Why would you say that? He grows in all areas of his views. Why would you say that? Why can't you just acknowledge what a brother did and salute the brother for that? Why do we have to why do we have to consistently attack us? Christians, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I get that. Those battles happen. We should understand those battles. But what I don't understand is the consistent division, discord in Christianity under the moniker of Jesus. I don't get it. And so we've been in this series at my church. Shout out to Love Alive Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We've been in a series called The Divided States of America. And my pastor has been framing the religious history in conjunction with American history and how both that the church has been one of the catalysts in creating division in society. And it is true. When you think of the different denominations, there's more than 200 in America alone based on Christianity. When you think of the racial separation that has happened in church based on Caucasian brothers and sisters not wanting to be under spiritual leadership of black are people of color they created their own denominations based on it when you think of Ku Klux Klan's the picture that's a Ku Klux Klan picture with Jesus says and they're in church division has always been a part of American Christianity and sadly also biblical history you can go to scriptures where Jesus is talking to the Samarian woman and some and and the Jews didn't care for Samarians. Or you can go in the scripture with Peter and Paul, where Paul had to correct Peter for acting a certain way around Jews and making the Gentiles feel bad based on that. That's leadership. You can you can you can also keep moving and keep going, not just gen, not just uh, racial uh, divide, but also gender divide. How culturally, even now, we put women in certain positions based on our knowledge of scriptures, even now, and we call it God. Division has been prevalent in biblical context for years, for years. It has been prevalent. It has been real. It's been it's been a thing. And so I, I get it. I understand it. But here in America. 
here in America, dealing with Christianity, I've come to a realization that I dislike, and I know that word is harsh, I dislike American Christianity. I had to settle on that. I dislike it. I dislike people who say they follow the, the teachings of Jesus. I dislike people who say they're lovers of Christ. But yet, they consistently look at their brother in hatred and anger. And I go to scriptures that says, how can you love the, the, the brother you see? How can you hate the brother you see? but then confess to love the God you don't. I, I go to those scriptures and it rings more loudly than ever in this life of mine. It, it is saddening to me. It hurts to me to see how much dislike we have. And not only dislike, this false pretense that God is pleased based on their denominational view of what they're doing. The judging that we do in American Christianity has been horrendous. You call people, and listen, the reason why I dislike it so much is because I realize 90% of it is just Pharisaic. I know that's not a word per se, but it's, it's, it's a Pharisee type culture. That's why I dislike it. It was the very thing that got Jesus killed. 90% of it. And I may be lenient. It's really about 95% of American Christianity is Pharisaic. It's Pharisee type behavior. It's a Pharisee type of religious mindset where they may know knowledge of the Bible, but the heart behind it has been shown multiple times. You get people judging people, saying what, they're, what they are and what they not all the time from this, from American Christianity. Under the pretense of loving God. You don't love God, love God the way you say you do, if you don't love his people. This is the, this is the battle here. We have, a, we have a thing about saying we love God. But we don't show that love. What we do show most of the time, honestly, is... Disagreement, hate, disdain for brothers and sisters. This was an opportunity to do that. It was an opportunity to do it with the Road versus Wade situation. And there's much more opportunities. This is exactly why I did not approach Roe versus Wade, the issue with abortion, the way y'all thought I was. Because I knew. That it was going to be another situation, which again shows the heart of American Christianity. You can just insert situation, 
how is American Christianity going to respond to it? To about just about anything. And they're going to come in disdain in just about anything. <laughs> and that's the reality of it. So I dislike it. I dislike how it has done. I dislike how brothers and sisters approach the gospel with malicious intent and manipulation and then say God is in that. I dislike the division that has has consistently, excuse me, been here. I dislike it all. I don't fool with religious American Christianity. It is, again, very Pharisee behavior that's groomed in that Christianity. And so, I, again, I have a hard time to even taking on the title of Christian. I do. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a son of God. I am a kingdom ambassador. All of these are words of, in scripture, by the way. I'm those things. But I don't fool with your American Christianity. I don't. I still honor the people, though. So I want you to understand that. So when you soundbite everything else I just said, soundbite this one, too. I still honor the brothers and sisters in the faith. I just don't fool with the Christianity they proclaim is truth because the teachings are truth. But the moniker in which you're presenting those teachings is wicked. Facts. You do it with hate. You do it with disdain, and then you try to call it correction and love. No, it's not. Stop stop pretending to me. There's too many YouTube bloggers that consistently, quote-unquote, correct in love, attacking brothers and sisters of the faith. Why are you always correcting in love? You mean to tell me Jesus is only giving you, the Holy Spirit is only giving you correction and love content? You can't tell me that's love. That ain't the type of love I want. I don't want to know that type of Jesus. The Jesus in which you just only correct people by. But you never show love. And so I can go. I, I, I was going to go in a tangent about that and I'm not. I'll save that. I'll do my, my due diligence on it. And I'll come back in another podcast about YouTube bloggers. Because I just don't fool with none of them really. It's, it's 1%. Christian YouTube bloggers, I need you to hear this. I fool with 1% of you. Nothing you do is edifying to the body of Christ to me. That's my personal conviction. Nothing you're doing and saying is edifying to the body to me. There are some that I listen to. I say 1%. There are some that I do listen to, and you can see the change in them too. You can see how when the uh, algorithm goes a certain way to certain topics, they start going to those topics. But American Christianity is very legalistic and is very fair, a very Pharisee type mindset behavior. It's religious. It's religious. And so I don't, again, I don't throw away the, the meat because of the bones. So there's some things in it I do insert because some of the teachings, all of the teachings, not bad. However, what I've realized is, is that it's more problematic. And what you're seeing is people leaving the church more than ever before based on that culture. 
It's a Pharisee culture. It's a Pharisee culture. And you're saying it again with this Creflo message. You're saying it again. And so I want to provide scripture because I want to back Creflo. I'm going to back my brother in Christ. I don't care what you say. I'm going to back him. This is Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. This is 1 Corinthians 13. Holy Spirit just kind of gave this to my spirit. Instead of encouraging a brother, first and foremost, no one has it perfect concerning any teaching. No one has complete teachings perfect. No one except Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and our Father God. No one. So you're always going to find leaders biblically that's off. YouTube content providers, the ones that love to correct, to provide their takes. All of it's not bad. However, you're off as well with your teaching at times. No one has it all. This is what Apostle Paul says. Here we go. First Corinthians 13. He says this. I'm going to start at verse 11. Now, this is the scripture about love. We know this chapter. It's the love chapter. That's what they say. But there's some critical things here that we, we can glean from. And so verse 11 starts with this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Verse 11, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflex, reflections in mirrors, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. That all that I know now is partial. This is Paul. I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat what he just said in verse 12. All that I know now is partial. And incomplete. Oh my God! You mean Apostle Paul, the the, the person who who wrote majority of the New Testament, just said all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. You mean he said that? He said that? You mean he said that? That he said that? All that I know now is partially incomplete. Let me read you another translation. I'm a translation reader. Um, I'm going to read New Living. I'm, no, I'm, I just read New Living. I'm going to read New King James Version. He says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. He said, now I know in part. So you mean to tell me, Paul, I'm going to read another translation. Again, I'm a translation reader, y'all. I'm going to read the Amplified Version. For now, in this time of imperfection, we see in a mirror dimly, a blurred reflection, a riddle, an enigma. But when, but then, when the time of perfection comes, we will see reality face to face. Now I know in part, just in fragments. But then I will know fully just as I have been fully known by God. So I read three translations. All of them lets me know this wonderful apostle who was great and studied 
in his teachings. Basically say, I don't know it all. I know partial. This man wrote majority of the New Testament and he's still telling you, I don't know it all. I know in fragments. I know in parts. I will when it's complete in God, but I don't know it now. He said that. Who said that? Apostle Paul. So you mean to tell me Apostle Paul can say, I don't know it all? But the man of God comes out with a sermon saying that I got this wrong. This is the right way. And we judge him by like we know it all. <laughs> the hypocrisy there. Do you understand me? The hypocrisy there. That's what I have a disdain for. The hypocrisy in what y'all saying is Jesus. It could never be my Lord. So American Christianity, I need you to know. I dislike you. And I'm praying for the brothers and sisters there. In it. Because it's all not bad. It's not. It's just at the core, it's hypocritical. It's Pharisee behavior. It's do what I say, but not what I do. It's I'm going to judge you based on these teachings. I'm going to tell you you're not saved based on these teachings. I'm going to say that all of these things based on these teachings. And I'm going to make it act like it's God. And it's not. God isn't in it. He's not. God isn't in it. He's not. God isn't in it. He's not. That's why the power have left our churches. Can I get real now? That's why people are leaving our churches in groves. Can I get real now? Because what we're teaching we're judging people by it. We're attacking people with it. It's not even judging. We're attacking people with it. And we're saying that it's in Jesus' name. We attack our leaders. We attack the people and we call brothers and sisters. And then we say we love Jesus. <laughs> the hypocrisy. So I pray for you, American Christianity. But I am not you. I am kingdom of God. I love you. Well, I love the people in it. I don't love it. I love the people in it. But I'm going to stay firm on Christ Jesus. And I want people to know this, too, from American Christianity. I want you to know this as well. This is not me saying that I'm leaving the faith. No, this is quite the contrary. This is me saying I love Jesus more now than I've ever did before. I'm a follower of Christ Jesus more now than I've ever been before. 
I'm a follower of the word of God now more than I've ever been before. I am diligent and seeking and craving, desiring God to fill me in every aspect now than I've ever did before. I had to break away from you, American Christianity, to do that. I had to break away from lies. I had to break away from the judging. I have to had to break away from the dysfunction to understand who Jesus really was. He was a never friend of a religion. He never was. He was killed based on religion. He was killed based on Pharisees wanting power and keep religious power. He was killed on that. They didn't show the power of God, but they wanted religious power. He was killed on that. So I am more in love with Christ Jesus, more in tune with the Holy Spirit than ever before. I told you that I go to a church. So I'm in fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ and a body of believers. So it's not that I don't go to church because a lot of people say that say what I just said. They don't be going to churches. I, I get that, too. I get that to an extent. I disagree with it because you got to be planted in order to grow. Amen. However, I'm grateful the place that which I'm planted also don't embark in you, American Christianity. And that's where I'm at, praying for brothers and sisters to understand and uproot the things that's in our heart that has always been an underlining theme here in America, if we're being honest. It's always been an underlining theme for America. It's been an issue in the Bible, too, so I don't want to take away from that. It was just checked when it came there. Here, it is a culture that's embraced. And that's the difference. Father God, I ask you to touch each and every person. Even me. Because just as Paul said, I know in part fragments. Father, begin to touch our heart to have more compassion for our brothers and sisters that we should love wholeheartedly. Father, let us love them properly, not just with just correcting them but love them give them grace as we give ourselves grace speak dearly of them honor them father i pray that collectively we show the world who you are jesus father i thank you that you will you're coming back for a church that's that's with no, without blemish. Your scripture said that. So I believe we're going to get it right. And there won't be any blemish. And I honor you for it. Touch their hearts. Touch my heart. If I dishonor you, Father, forgive me. Allow me to love more, my brothers and sisters. Allow me to speak highly and great of them. I read a scripture today. And I said, God, how do I even do this? <laughs> That's how it really was. I read it in Galatians 5 
and the Holy Spirit tell me it told me through me. That's the answer to it. Galatians 5.13 said, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, this the part, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I truly think, I truly believe, we satisfy our sinful nature with our freedoms and we remove love. We satisfy our sinful natures correcting people with Bible verses instead of serving one, one another in love with our freedom. So, Father, I pray with our freedom, we serve each other in love. I'm going to end it there. Listen, this is Don't Take What Nichols. This is your brother, Yule. I love you, body of Christ. I love you, Jesus. But I don't fool with you, American Christianity. Peace. Yo, listen. Thank you for joining. Don't take what nickels. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for listening to it in its entirety. And if you didn't, still do us a favor. Rate it five stars and click the subscribe button. Don't take wood nickels because they don't spend.